going to turn a rock here in a minute. <laughs> Hold your Bibles up. Say, this is God's Word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Lord, we thank you for this great time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a lamp, light unto our path, and a lamp unto our path. As we hear the word today, I thank you, Father, that our hearts are all the way open to receive the engrafted word that is able to change even the direction of our lives. I pray that those that came and pressed their way here this morning, that you will spiritually feed every person that's in this room. The Lord, they'll leave away with not just a spiritual word, but they'll leave away with a practical way of applying your word to their lives so they, they can see the results that you've outlined in your word as we obey you. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed everyone here. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Our new series we're on is entitled True Principles to Prospering. Everybody say True Principles to Prospering. And again, the purpose of this series is to provide each one of us with biblical truths that supports God's desire and his will for us as his people to prosper. And so we're going to discover what it means to biblically prosper. We're going to learn what the barriers are that hinder us from prospering. And then finally, we're going to discover the principles that position us to continue to prosper. And so we're on our third lesson. I heard my wife did an awesome job last week. Give her a hand. What a week before last. Our third lesson today is entitled Soul Patrol. Write that down. Soul Patrol. And the goal of today's message is to help us see that patrolling our soul is critical to controlling our soul. And controlling our soul is what's going to help us prosper on a day-to-day -day basis. So I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Two. And this is the scripture that we've started out on with our series. And in 3 John 2, that's close to the back. If you don't find it before I start, just look up at the screen and they're going to help us find the scriptures this morning. But in 3 John 2, we're going to see that this particular verse helps us see that it is God's will for us to prosper. But there is a condition to that principle. And we're going to read it in verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in what? Health, even as your soul prosper. So just in reading that, that tells us that our soul has the ability to control whether we prosper or not. Now, the word prosper, we define it as to help, to receive help on the road, to succeed in reaching, to succeed in business affairs, and to be led in an easy way. That's what the word prosper means. So I want you to take, write down this take-home statement. The take-home statement is... Soul patrol helps to control our soul. I want to say that again. Soul patrol helps to control our soul. Say this with me. Say soul patrol helps to control our soul. 
Now, the word patrol, when you look it up, it basically means someone who passes along, who goes around and through a specified area, watch this now, to make sure that order is maintained and that there is security in that specific area. So when I'm talking about patrolling your soul, I'm talking about helping you set up a monitoring system to help you patrol and control your soul. You say, well, why do I need that? Okay, let's just take your home. Those of you who have alarms for your home, when you leave, you cut on the alarm and someone else is monitoring your home, whether you home or not. In other words, you can go and enjoy your day. You can go to work and you can do everything. And if someone decides to try and break into your home, the monitoring station is looking out for your home to make sure no one else gets in it. Well, when you learn how to patrol and control your soul, you're going to see that it is the key to helping you prosper in life. Now, the Greek word for the word soul, when we look it up uh, for 3 John 2, is the word uh, suke. And it's where we get our English word either psyche or uh, the word psychology or psycho. It's really the study, you know, have you, how many of you have some psycho people in your life? Mm -hmm. Some of you all have some exes that are psycho. Well, the word psychology, it means the study of the mind. And so here's what I want you to know about the soul. The soul is, uh, consists of four areas. It consists of your mind. It consists of your will. It consists of your thoughts. And it consists of your feelings. Say this with me. Say it consists of my mind, my will, my thoughts. And how I feel. Let's say it again. My mind, my will, my thoughts, and how I feel. So our soul influences all these different areas. You can write down Mark chapter 14 verse 34 because this is what it says. And Jesus said unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Jesus said the soul part of him felt sorrow. How many know sorrow is part of how you feel? Okay, so your soul controls how you feel. In John 12, 27, Jesus also said, Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into the world. Jesus was saying, My soul feels trouble. And that's the area of your life that's going to feel or that you're going to have your feelings in. But you don't know, like I know, that we have the ability to control how we feel. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Just go backwards. You'll find Hebrews, Hebrews 12, because we're going we're gonna to see that our soul equals our mind as well. And if our mind gets weary, then our potential to prosper decreases. We're talking about prospering now. And prospering, we know, means more than just money because you can profit and not prosper, but you can't prosper without profiting. Amen. I mean, uh, we talked about T.I. T.I. is, you know, his new album, I'm Back. He should have just added, I'm back in jail. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, look in verse 3. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Okay, this is what it says here. It says, for consider him, it's talking about Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your what? Minds, what did he say we faint? In our minds. The word mind there is the same Greek word, suke. So he's saying, listen, if you don't watch it, if you don't look at Jesus as your example, you will allow your soul to faint. 
So your soul equals your mind. It equals your feelings. Psalm 27, 12, just write that down. It says, deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies. For false witness are risen up against me, and such has breathed out cruelty. When he says, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, the word will there is the same word soul for the Old Testament. So your soul is your mind, your will, your thoughts, and how you feel. Let's say it again. Say my mind, my will, my thoughts, and how I feel. Now, believe it or not, your soul got influenced in three major ways as you grew up and even now. Number one, your soul got influenced by what I call credible others. Those are just people who had influence in your life and they had enough credibility that you believe what they told you. For instance, your parents, those were credible others because they were there before you got there. You know? So since your parents were there before you got there, they're the ones that named you. That's why your name is the way it is. You believe what they told you about your name. And so for the rest of your life, you're telling people that your name is what somebody who was there before you got there told you what your name was. And now that's your name. Credible others. And these credible others can come in the form of teachers and any other people. But see, what if the credible others were wrong about me? What if they were saying that I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to do well? What if they were pouring that negative in my life? So guess what? As a newborn again believer now, I have to change who my credible others are. Then you have repetitious information. Repetitious information is just information that's said over and over and over again. That's why commercials are so powerful. Because commercials, if you don't watch it, if you watch them over and over and over again, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go and purchase what they said. And then life experiences, and this is the biggest one. This is where people experience things in their life, and because what they experienced to them was so real, they judge what God's word based on what they experience and not on what the word says. See, just because you experienced a difficult time in your life and you didn't come out of it like you should have doesn't mean that God's word is not true. See, the condition of everything that we go through is our faith. We don't realize it's not our flesh that's on trial. It's our faith that's on trial. So we have those three areas. So we must control our souls. So we must believe. Now listen to this. I want you to write this down. To control our souls, we must believe what we don't see instead of believing what we do see. I'm going to say it again because I'm getting ready to give you a good, good example of this. To control our soul, we must believe what we don't see. Instead of believing what we see, I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. You say, well, Pastor, how do I believe what I don't see? Just like you believe oxygen is real. I've never seen anybody seen oxygen. How many believe that oxygen is real? Let me see your hand. How many have seen oxygen? You can't see oxygen. It is invisible. You might feel oxygen, which wind. You may feel it, but you can't see it. Well, in order for you to Get your soul under control. You got to learn how to believe what you don't see instead of believing what you see. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, are you there? Look in verse number 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. It says here, While we look not at the things which are what? Seen. But we look at the things which are what? Not seen. Watch this now. For the things that we can see, they are temporary. Whether it's a problem, whether it's a situation, whether it's a circumstance in your life, 
All of those things, he says here, if we can see them, they are temporary. But then he goes on to say, but the things which are not seen, those are the things that are eternal. So what we have to do to control our soul, we have to learn now to look at the invisible and not just the the visible. Now, I have two people that are going to help me with this uh, illustration this morning because I want to implant into your mind a visible example of what I'm saying. Because what we don't know as believers, when you got born again, say born again. When you got born again, something happened to you. They're going to pull it up right here. Yes, yes, yes. This is clean, by the way. (laughs) All right. You're going to come all the way out. All right. Right there. Good. Now, you're going to come up. All right. You're going to scoot back. We're going to make it real tight. And you're going to put it by chest level. There you go right there. Good, 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 good. All right. Now, let's look at this verse again. It says in verse 4. Is it verse 4 I'm looking at? 4.18. While we look not at the things that are what? Seen. Now, this is the scene realm right here. And this is what most believers look at. They look at what's going on right here. They look at what the job said. They look at what the doctor said. They look at what their spouse said. They look at all the negative things. And that's what happens. Our soul, remember now, it it controls how we feel. It controls how we perceive. And so if all our soul gets a picture of is what we can see, our soul is in trouble. Because we can't control what we see because what we see comes from the external. But what we can't see come from the the external or the eternal. And the eternal is more real than the the, the visible. So watch this. He says, for we we don't look at what. Let me just take my little pad with me. See, I'm working with this. Can y'all see that? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I did my first wedding with this yesterday. They were like, wow, he is such a modern pastor. And I'm thinking, I'm experimenting on y'all. Y'all the first ones. (laughs) Say, while we look, look not at the things which are seen, right here, he says, but we're going to look at the things that are not seen, which is over here. Can y'all see me? But am I back here? Yes. So he says now, while we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things that are not seen, for the things which are seen over here are temporary. But the things that we see over here, they are eternal. Now, what we don't do, because you have to control your soul, because your soul controls your prosperity. Your health and your wealth is contingent upon the condition of your soul. And the condition of your soul is determined by which world you are looking in. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came and lived inside of you. Therefore, now you have the ability as a believer to not just look on this side, but you can look on this side too. So now, when circumstances come in my life, I'm not just looking over here. I have the ability to look on both sides. Well, the doctor says my kid is sick. But the scripture says over here, by his stripes, they are healed. Over here, I'm in a possible, impossible financial situation. They say I'm going to go down. But over here, it says all things are possible to him that believe. So I have to learn to look on both sides of the situation and not just look in the flesh. Are you all with me? Now, here's what's awesome. Here's what's awesome. Here's what's awesome. I love this. What happens is, this is in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. You don't have to turn there. It says, as it is written, 
He says, I have made thee, he's talking about God to Abraham, a father of many nations, before him in whom God, who's believed. Even God who quickens the dead and call those things which be not as though they were. Now I'm going to read the Amplified to you. I love it. It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So what this word is saying is that God has learned to call those things that be not in the natural as though they were in the spiritual. Why? Because they already exist. And if we stay on this side, we're going to be governed by what we see, governed by what's outside of us. When really, we were never designed to believe what's on the outside of us. We were designed to believe what's on the inside of us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is what? In the world. So what we have to do based on this, when we see something going on in the natural that's not right, God did not tell us to talk about it. He told us to talk to it. Okay, go to Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark 11. Go to Mark 11. Are you all understanding what I'm saying? See, if you don't get a a hold of your soul, your soul is going to run wild. Now, remember now, your soul involves your thinking. So you got to control your thinking by not what you see, but what you don't see. See, I'll never forget. Everybody say years ago. Years ago when I remember I was buying our first Mercedes. And uh, I went and found the car and and, uh, everything was good. And so I called our bank and I told them I found the car and I asked them, you know, would they give me a loan for the car? And they were willing to give me a loan because I had good credit. But then they asked me, they said, well, we'll give you the loan if you put down $8,000. Well, if I had $8,000, I wouldn't even be talking to you. I think the car was only like 18. <laughs> so I remember I called several financial institutions. Remember now, I'm not just looking at what's seen. I'm looking at both sides of the spectrum. Okay, they just told me no, but based on the word of God, all things are possible to the person that believes. So I remember I called four different places. And one of the places I called was a credit union. I called them. They gave me their little spectrum. Yep, you got to do this. You know, credit unions have those odd situations anyway. You know, your mama have to have lived in Louisiana. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So they, they named the stuff. And either I didn't hear them because this is what happens when you focus on the natural too much. You will not hear what the supernatural response needs to be. So I think they really told me what the criteria was, and I just didn't hear them. So when I hung up the phone, I started looking at the natural. I forgot about the supernatural, and I just flat out just, was, just started walking in unbelief after that. I went and told my wife. I said, they said no. She says, that is not the report of the Lord. I was like, you could have been a little nice about it. <laughs> That's not the report of the Lord. So I remember I laid down on our bed and I started, I started praying in the spirit. And that's why y'all need to learn how to pray in tongues. I started praying in tongues because when you pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit, he sees what's on this side. And the, and the Bible says when we don't know how to pray as we should, the Holy Spirit knows how to pray the perfect will of God for us. So I got behind the veil. Even though I couldn't see it. 
and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Eben, call back the credit union. I'm looking in the flesh. Didn't you just hear me tell him them tell me no? Did you hear the criteria? I don't fit the criteria. Eben, I want you to call the credit union. You must didn't hear me, did you? I said that. I, I heard what they said. Are you going to argue with me or are you going to call them? So I pick up the phone. Now, remember now, I'm looking at both sides of the spectrum. He told me to call them back because there's always going to be a plan of action that God gives you when you need a supernatural breakthrough. But the instructions from your breakthrough is not going to come necessarily just from the natural. The instructions are going to come from the supernatural that relates to the natural. So I called up the credit union and they gave me the criteria. They gave me this, this, this. And finally they said the last one was someone in your family has to have been in the military. I said, well, my dad was in the army. Does that count? They said, yes. I said, praise the Lord. I didn't hear that the first time. I said, so now what else do I need to do to get a car loan? They said, well, you have to start a savings account with us. I said, well, how much money do I need to put in the account? They said, $5. I said, I got $5 now. I said, well, said, well, how how long does it take? They said, well, when you come and open up your savings account and you fill out the application for the car, we will tell you in 24 hours whether you have the car or not. In 24 hours, they called me back. I didn't have to put anything down, and I got the vehicle. But here's my point, though. I was able to look on both sides of the fence, and that's the problem. We see that this is more real than this over here. And I'm trying to help you see that this side over here is what controls your prosperity. So now instead of responding in the flesh, getting all frustrated, getting all upset because of what the doctor said, you got to believe that there's a bigger doctor named Jesus. And at that name, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that he is Lord. So even though they told me, oh, you can't have land, God says, Jesus' name is greater than infertility. When you apply for that loan, God is bigger than that loan officer. You got to believe that God is going to move on somebody's heart to give you the favor and the influence and what you need for your life. So now you ain't got to get upset and be all mad and cuss them out over here. Because my life is governed by this right here. So as I close, let me show you something. Okay, thank you, guys. Did y'all get that illustration? So we must see that on every side of a mess is a miracle. I know you created a mess for your life, but what you don't understand is God calculated your mess and he already knows what he must do to create a miracle in your life. See, most people have counted out God when it comes to difficult situations. They have forgot that we still serve the God that broke open, watch this, the Red Sea. And watch this, he dried it up for the children of Israel to walk in. And we're not just talking about a hundred people. We're not just talking about a thousand people. We're not even talking about a hundred thousand people. Over a million people walked through that sea. Watch this. Why the walls of water just standing up. See, I'd have been walking through and going like, Woo, let me hurry up and walk because I don't want this to fall on me. The same God that parted the sea. That help a million people walk through and then turn around and drown their enemies is the same God we serve. 
the God that said, listen, they're going to throw my servants into the fiery furnace. And even though that furnace, watch this. Now, the man heated it up seven times hotter to the point that the men that threw him in got burned up and died. And then even though they got through in the fire, the Bible says they was walking around. And instead of three being in the fire, there were four men in the fire. You know why? Because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So we got to know that God is able to turn our mess into a miracle. Number two, we must see that there is nothing too hard for God. Everybody says nothing too hard for God. See, we must speak to the mountain. Are you in Mark chapter 11? Are you in Mark chapter 11? Okay, look at verse 24. You must speak to the mountain instead of talking about the mountain. Now, we want both sides. We sit here and we look at both of them. And what we do, we talk about the mountain. We talk about everything that the doctor said, that our cousin said, that our mama said, that our uncle said. And they all spiritually dumb. They don't know no better. I mean, we have some spiritually dumb people in our life. Now, why am I going to listen to a spiritually dumb person? They are in special ed spiritually. And don't go tell them that, but they are. But I'm not going to believe them. So Jesus said in Mark 11, 24, watch this now. He says, uh, let's go back up in verse 13. It says, and, they, and on the morrow, verse 12, when they came to Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He saw a fig tree afar off having leaves. And he said, when he came to it, he wanted to eat if something was on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. Watch this now. Read it with me, class. And Jesus answered. Let's stop right there. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Let me ask you a question. Can you answer something that heaven says something to you? That tells me the tree was talking to Jesus. And circumstances in your life will talk to you if you let it. And what we don't know, when you have control over your soul, you will learn that your mouth can control your thoughts any day. See, what people don't know is, okay, I want you to just start counting to yourself. Just start counting to yourself in your mind. And I'm going to walk up to somebody, and I'm going to ask you something, and I want you to tell me what I ask you, okay? Are you counting in your mind? Are you counting in your mind? Are you counting in your mind? Okay, what's your name? Did you have to stop counting for you to, t- for you to tell me your name? That's how thought control works. The moment you want to control what your mind is thinking, all you have to do is open your mouth. So that's why Jesus spoke to the tree. He said, I'm not going to let this tree play tricks on my mind. Even though I know I'm hungry and God said he would meet all of my needs. This tree was supposed to meet my need and it didn't. He could have just said, well, I'm hungry. I guess it was God's will for me to have it. Watch what happened. The next verse, it says, he saw the freak tree. And then he answered the tree and he says, no man eat fruit from you hereafter. And the disciples heard it, which says that his confession was out loud. Now, notice here, he says, watch this. No man eat fruit from you hereafter forever. Notice Jesus said what he wanted and not what he didn't want. In other words, he didn't talk about the tree. Well, the tree been here a long time. I've ate off of it before. I ain't seen, you know. He didn't do that. He stayed on this side and he looked at the eternal part. And then what he did, and we're closing on this one. It says here in the next verse. And, they, and they, when they went to Jerusalem, they came out and they checked out things. And in verse 20, 
It says, in the morning they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the what? Roots. Because, see, when you're speaking on this side to control this side, it's working on the roots of the problem whether you can see it or not. Let me ask you a question. Can you see the roots of a tree? No. So when you are controlling your soul by controlling your mouth and you are, listen, you're speaking to the mountain, you are actually affecting the roots of the situation. So Jesus, he said, watch this. They came in and they said, Jesus, in verse 20, we saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called in the river and said, Master, behold, the fig tree which you curse is withered away. And watch this. And Jesus is answering them. Just like what Jesus said to the tree. It made the tree wither. Now he's about to say something to them that's going to change them. He says, verily I answer you and I say, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whatever he's about to say to them is going to happen. That whosoever now, which involves us. He said, whoever shall say, watch this, not about the mountain, but what? To the mountain. And that's what you got to do. To control and patrol your soul. You can't let your emotions get over on you. Because your emotions. Even though they're real. They're facts. But they're not true. The doctor's report is factual. But the scriptures are true. So now I got to line my mind up. With what I see on the spiritual side. And line my mouth up. To what's on the spiritual side. And it will eventually control what's on the outside. Did y'all get something out of the word this morning? You may be here this morning. With every head bowed.